This is the fear of science. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide, beautiful world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Every show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises and lots of learning along the way. I'm Daniel Chai, your co-host of Fear of Science, and as always with me in studio, we have... I'm Jeff Porter, your other co-host. And today, uh, we're very excited because... Uh, this podcast, as you're listening to it, uh, not only are you listening to it, but of course, Big Brother is listening to it. Yes, this is this episode is the fear of Big Brother data. And joining us in studio to talk everything Big Brother, we have two special guests. Who do we have? Uh, I'm Mark Schmidt. I'm a researcher at the University of British Columbia, uh, and my research topic is, is about machine learning. And I'm Carrie Hunter. I'm not. <laughs> ah. Well, glad to have you both here uh, again. You know, uh, as we, uh, you know, it's all over the news. Just you know, technology keeps growing and advancing. I'm holding in my hand right now a piece of uh, machinery and technology that uh, is very helpful for me and helps the world. But of course, uh, that comes along with the technology growing. That is, of course, Big Brother. Yeah. And and this topic is actually kind of a continuation of our last episode, uh, The Fear of Robots, where we really got we, we kind of got into artificial intelligence. But when when I was producing the show, uh, I kind of struggled with the title a lot as well. I wasn't sure what to call it. But I think Big Brother Data um, is a much easier way to kind of understand than saying something like machine learning or something like um, like big data collection or something like that. But I just wanted to make sure that that all of our listeners kind of have a groundwork um, for for what these terms are that we're going to be talking about. So, uh, Mark, would you be able to describe what uh, machine learning is and what kind of big data collection means? Um, yeah, so machine learning... <clears throat> is all about using uh, computers to analyze big data sets, usually to find patterns in them to try and help you either make predictions or make some sort of decisions. Uh, when people say big data, they usually refer to collecting huge amounts of data, whether that be on the internet or whether that be as a biologist measuring a bunch of genes, uh, and then trying to typically apply machine learning or other statistical methods to discover uh, information from that data. Okay, cool. So, so everything from so algorithms to, uh, you know, shopping patterns at grocery stores. Is that part of like uh, uh, machine learning and, and big data? Is that also part of it? Yeah, figuring out your shopping patterns is almost always done now using machine learning. So wow. is that why I have loyalty cards? Uh, that is definitely one of the reasons you have loyalty cards. <laughs> Cut it up. Burn it. <laughs> People will very happily give away their privacy for uh, a little discount, it turns out. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the main thing that we, we kind of want to talk about is the privacy part of it. Um, so it's been in a lot of the news lately uh, with Facebook going to to the, what was it, the Supreme Court they were talking mm -hmm. to? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, what, was the, what was the, I wrote it down. With Mark Zuckerberg, who kind of looks like data from Star Trek in when he was testifying. Mark, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah, and he's uh, listening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, so they were yeah, they were uh, uh, testifying about 
the the selling of of our data. Now, uh, for myself, I, I'm a big Facebook user. Every so often, I try to weed myself off of it, but <laughs> you always I, go am, back. I am so addicted to Facebook. But um, but you know, there's definitely a part of me, you know, that that knows that that's part of the bargain, part of the bargain of using you know social media and using all these websites is is that uh, you know, yeah, they'll they know my stuff. But is there really any harm in in me and my you know, usage being shared among advertisers, like being devil's advocate, uh, is there, yeah, what do you guys think? Is there anything, uh, any harm in, in uh, our everyday social media and internet usage? Being? I wonder that too, because all my friends and everything on media seems to tell me I'm supposed to be scared, but I'm not scared. Maybe I'm just gullible. I don't know. But I kind of like that when I open Facebook, I see ads that are relative to me. Well, not all the time. I keep seeing things from Wish that I have no idea what they're for. Right. They, they might have some sort of sexual implication. I don't know. But other than that, they, they seem to target, yeah, I am looking for a trip to Belize. So now I'm seeing stuff on, on travel. Yes, I've got a new tunic the wear and I'm wearing today ah. because they seem to know my taste. Impressive. Mm. So should I be afraid? I mean, it's kind of a trade-off because there are advantages to giving Google or Facebook a little bit of information. If you if you go to a Google search, it's often personalized, and that can help you find what you're looking for more quickly. On the other hand, some people have stuff they genuinely want to hide. And um, I don't have, even have to go to extreme examples. The example I use in my class when people say, oh, I'm not, I'm not too worried about privacy, I have nothing to hide, is like, well, would you want your mom or your date to see your entire history of everything you searched for over Google since you got on the internet? <laughs> I Why do sometimes shut down my LinkedIn profile when I'm applying for a new job. Yes. <laughs> Scrub, uh, clear history, uh, delete cache, throw a computer out the window. Uh, so, uh, uh, so Mark, you, it doesn't matter if you throw it out. Google still has it. What? <laughs> Uh, so, so you teach machine learning at uh, at UBC. Yes. Uh, what what sort of uh, as a side uh, uh, segue? What sort of students uh, take machine learning? Is it part of a bigger uh, course or a bigger uh, discipline at UBC, or is it a uh, individual course? Um, so we have, we have a couple courses, but the, the main courses are sort of courses that are going in size very quickly. Um, they're, they're located in computer science, which is the traditional home of machine learning. But we get people from all sorts of different departments, and, and we get everybody from second-year students up to sort of fourth, fifth-year PhD students trying to take the classes because it ends up being useful in a lot of settings. Right. Yeah, it, it is a very growing field for sure. I actually, I work um, my my non-podcasting life. Um, I work as a web designer and, and developer. I've been doing that for 15 years. Um, so when I look at machine learning, I kind of see both sides of it. I see the, uh, you know, AdWords, Google AdWords, and, and being able to do good search engine optimization, creating your keywords amazing things like that that will help the the companies or company I work for um, but then on the other hand uh, my girlfriend is actually really freaked out by uh, big by big brother data or uh, machine learning and she's the kind of person that um, every time she installs an app and it says do you want to share your contact list she always says no and if the app won't run without it she deletes the app wow. um, so she's very very smart. strict on that yeah very yeah. smart 
Um, but uh, so I understand just from her point of view, the, the fear of it as well. Um, so it's a very kind of um, polarizing topic for me. Um, but but yeah, like, do you got do you Mark have a fear of of uh, uh, machine learning? Healthy respect. Um, I mean, it, it's machine learning is just a tool, right? Like many other things. So so if you want to do rotten things with it, you can absolutely do <laughs> rotten things with it. All right, it's yeah. that time of the Fear of Science podcast where we realize that it's not about the fear of today's subject. It's about a fear of humans. Yeah. Uh, every episode, we realize that it's about all these different things and what people end up doing with it. So, uh, so, so, uh, what, what do you two think that perhaps uh, we as, as, uh, you know, as users, and perhaps people in power who can, who can help uh, regulate some of these things? What should like what should be done? Should it be open fair? Mar- should be open market, open season, where, uh, where, websites and companies can do what they they want in order to provide people with the best service, or should there be limits? Going back to what you said about being afraid of the people and not necessarily the technology, I would be afraid of the people involved with making those regulations and those rules. I think that's probably worse than anything. But people in power always have our best interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I said that just in case the big brother's <laughs> listening. So. They are. I'm on your side. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, uh, Mark, do you think that uh, uh, in with uh, your experience and, and your background, uh, is, is the trend towards... Op- more open uh, towards tighter regulation or towards more open market where companies can do what they need to or do what they wish? Um, well, traditionally, there hasn't been a ton of regulation. Traditionally, the regulation has been shaming of companies when they appear on the <laughs> right. sort of tech websites and it's right. revealed that they're using terrible privacy uh, things or they're selling data or something like that. Right. But the regulation is, is is coming now. So you'll, you've noticed the last few weeks that every website has to tell you if it's if it's tracking you with cookies now, and that's because of European regulations that came in a couple months ago. So the regulations are coming. And of course, there's always the concern that ho- hopefully the people making the regulations are talking to the people who know the technology right. and making them make sense. Because often when you try and regulate technology and you don't have the right people in the room, it can lead to regulations that don't make sense. So I don't own my own data? Um, you, you, I, you I don't, I don't think own some we... of your data. But you don't own all of your data. You're you're often giving up some of own some of your ownership ownership of data when you uh, use some of these services, whether you know so or, or not. I mean, we don't even own our own like DNA. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a company like that that uh, that copyrighted the human genome? That that sounds right. That sounds right really? in my head. Yes. I sent away a scraping from the inside of my cheek <laughs> once. Actually, I sent away a poo sample once too, but that's a different story. See, and those companies now have your they your own fecal my matter. Fecal your, matter. Wow. See, we are literally sending it to companies to put into their uh, their data. I think you maybe have to be careful about the word "own" there. No, <laughs> nobody's stopping you from using your DNA. <laughs> well, I think I do have um, two ch- children, so. Yeah. 
It's actually an, an interesting, the, the DNA, just to kind of get off topic a little bit, um, a lot of those uh, Ancestry.ca or whatever uh, websites where you can scrape your DNA and, and get it, um, they've started using it for uh, actually finding uh, crime. Like there was someone who was arrested yes. um, uh, for, for a murder because their ancestor or their someone in their family did a scraping of their DNA and sent it in. So they were able to track down the, the DNA sequence of this person. That's a good use of big data. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think, yeah, it it's the the fear of of big brother data or, or machine learning, mm-hmm. I think is is very much up to to who controls that. It's like we were talking with um, fear of robots. You're not afraid of robots. You're afraid of the people controlling the robots. Um, but I think, yeah, it's the regulations that don't exist right now. And then even on top of that, um, it's the people making the regulations as well that that have that control. It's like the government, you know, um, a lot of conspiracy theories is the, the government and the FBI always watching, even though we're not in America, but the, the idea of the FBI gathering your data and recording your phone calls and, and, and keeping an eye on you. Um, is somewhat scary, I think. Do uh, do a- any of you have like a, a an Alexa, or uh, what? What is it? I have a, a Google Home. Google Home. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. Even worse. But you know, I'm 53, <laughs> so I'm kind of ancient. I use it for very pedantic things. It's like, okay, Google, play CBC Radio One. <laughs> okay, Google, what's the weather today? I don't. Ah, I don't turn on my lights like, with it. I don't have my. Dear Google. Please research best places to hide a body. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you said, dear Google. Dear Google. <laughs> well, you know, you got to be polite <laughs> if you're searching for something like yeah. that. Uh, Carrie but, probably just set off so many Google devices, but um, if they're listening to it on their, their uh Okay, speakers. Google. Okay, Google. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, Siri, yeah. tell me my social insurance number. Uh, <laughs> do, do you, Mark, do you have uh, any of these sorts of uh, Google or, or uh, Amazon I don't. I'm not really well connected. I joined the smartphone uh, <laughs> world uh, last year. What? Really? Wow. Just last year? Yeah. Wow. Smart. As you can tell, I haven't let go of my phone the whole time. So <laughs> I saw that. Yes. Yes. It's, at least you're looking at notes. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, Do you have one? Do you have uh, an item like this, Jeff? A smartphone? Oh yeah. Or absolutely. a smartphone, but also like a, a home assistant. Oh no. Um, I had a uh, one of the watches. What was mm-hmm. it? The the Moto. Um, and uh, I had that for a little bit, um, but that was probably the the most I've gotten into it. I've never really felt an, a need to have the Alexa or or um, the Google Home or anything like that. I'll, I'll get excited when there's a robot that can do my dishes. Yeah, yeah. A, a washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> put clean them and put them away. That's true. <laughs> the yes, whole, the yes. whole thing. Yes. I'll tell you the the data that I get a little bit worried about because I don't really understand is I, I know all this stuff is on my phone because I've ordered things online. I do my banking on my phone, and I don't know what gets stored somewhere in my phone. And then I'm in Starbucks, and I'm using their Wi-Fi, and I don't really know who could be accessing whatever might be on my phone. Is Yeah. For, for myself, uh, when I do banking, any sort of like, uh, I, I still like going into a bank and doing any sort of that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll do a little bit from, say, a laptop, but it's always from what I perceive to be a safe and secure Wi-Fi zone. Yeah, so I I do understand, yeah. I think it's about being cautious, too, and realistic. 
yeah, see, I, I know um, about all the like bad things that can happen if I don't have, uh, you know, secure a connection and things like that. And I still don't care. I still <laughs> have no precautions. Oh, sweet, a McDonald's. Let's do my e-transfers here. Yeah, yeah. No. Now, uh, now, of course, we, we're talking about uh, the, the dangers and fear. And there's definitely lots to be worried about. But, you know, there's, you know, as we touched on a bit earlier on, there are, you know, potentially some good that can be had from, from big data and machine learning and, and uh, compiling of info. Like I remember uh, a couple years ago, and I'm sure it still happens, but there, there were people who... Who uh, uh, ran? Who who got all of the the data on uh, on dating, on online dating, and essentially compiled uh, all of the info to be like uh, people. You know, one would get more re- response if you posted a certain kind of photo, and if you wrote uh, you know a bio that was two paragraphs long, and people with glasses who live on this side would tend to have more reactions from. Uh, the people that they were looking for versus say, right? I mean, is that kind of stuff? Maybe it's good for love, huh? Mm. Well, actually, so I've got an interesting story about uh, about online dating um, and algorithms. Uh, so I actually have a friend who worked for a company. I won't say the name of the company just because I think they got into a lot of trouble recently, so I don't want to name them necessarily. A dating company? Uh, no, so they created an app um, that attached to your Tinder, um, and it essentially, um, so you would swipe through uh, your your matches or, or the people that showed up on it, and, and you'd swipe yes and no, and you, I think it was 20 times that you had to do it, and it would learn what your preferences were wow. based oh. on, on facial recognition of it. And, and just different things. Um, and then you would be able to program it or set it to automatically swipe for you and do it for you. And then on top of that, you could actually program it to start conversations for you. So it could have it had a whole <laughs> bunch of like predefined conversation starters. You could also go in there and write your own conversation starters. Um, and and just have it all set. Wow. Um, I used to do a lot of online dating. If that helped me get more than just, hey, baby, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would be a, a bonus right there. But I, um, this was obviously before I met my girlfriend when I was doing online dating, um, and uh, I was helping my friend out just because I, I do web development, and I was able to give him some feedback on, on UI and all that. Um, but uh, I felt so gross using it. It just felt felt so douchey, um, just like not caring about these, these efficient, people. efficient. It was Jeff. Yeah, sure, efficient. Lo- <laughs> Sometimes love just needs to be efficient. Uh. Yeah, but it's a. It was a good example of just because you can doesn't mean you necessarily should. I mean, I don't think we need to search for examples. Everybody in the room has used these systems like several times today, whether you've known so or not, right? What? So, I mean, what? your your email has a spam filter, and that, that was built with a big data solution to try and distinguish spam from not spam. Your your credit card company is trying to watch whether you have suspicion transactions or not. That was that was built based on the big data system. Um, there, there's all sorts of things. When you go on Amazon, it tries to predict which other products you want to buy. That's true. Like, it's like people who bought this also buys these items. Any, with that anytime thing, right? you do a Google search, you get the Google AdWords, and, and people are sort of competing to, to sort of 
predict whether you want to click on this and how much money Google can make if you click on this and so on. This this is anytime you go on the internet, you're you're already using these systems. So you know what I'm wondering now? I'm wondering if say law enforcement and such might use it for racial profiling and that oh, sort of is thing. This minority report? Yeah. <laughs> pre pre what is it? Pre cog? Yeah. Or pre well there there is a danger in you these systems. You look like you're going to be guilty. If if you give the example of the dating app and you have that the dating app has um, you know, particular people from one particular group, it's just going to learn that you, you like that particular group and you may not get exposed to people who are, who are outside that, that group because right. these yeah. algorithms just learn the biases that are in the data. Right. Yeah. And, and that, the dating may be fairly harmless, but if you're talking about other things like criminal justice type of things, right. or job, you, you don't job want applicants, it, or job applicants, right. you don't want it housing, to learn housing applicants. the biases right. that, that people have and, re and, and sort of propagate those biases to new situations. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, you know, when you're when you're dating, uh, hopefully uh, most people aren't just looking at appearance. They're, you know, looking at. <laughs> I'm saying most people probably are. This is are, Tinder we're talking but, about. But for me, for example, I'm usually not just looking at what people look like. I'm looking at their their bios and all that kind of stuff. But it it didn't take that into account. And I found when I went back, it would tell you the people that it said no and it said yes to. Um, and there were so many people in the know where I'm like, oh, I totally would have sw swiped yes on that. So actually, OkCupid okay, had a blog post a few years ago where they plotted people's ratings of, of looks versus personality, and it was a perfect correlation. Really? So online dating seems like it's purely based on looks, actually. Really? Right. Wow. That's sad. <laughs> That's sad, sad, sad for humanity. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's evolution. We're, we're breeding beautiful people with no personality. <laughs> Just the way the machines want. <laughs> Then they can take over. Yeah. See, again, this ties very well to our last episode. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, So machine learning uh, ties in with artificial intelligence, is that? So machine learning has traditionally been viewed as a part of artificial intelligence. Mm. So if you're, if you're working in machine learning, you're working in artificial intelligence. But there are people in artificial intelligence who don't necessarily do machine learning. Mm. Oh, okay. But that's different than there's there's not like one giant artificial intelligence that is just controlling the internet type thing called machine learning, right? Uh, no. <laughs> he hesitated. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in on it. Yeah, uh, he built it. If it exists, it's in Russia. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, so um, so so what other? I mean, uh, you know, it it is an episode that uh, I, I'm maybe I'm feeling. A little positive and, and hopeful today, but what other what other sorts of uh, positive, perhaps positive traits that uh, that are out there for machine learning that maybe can help mankind, like other than dating? I wonder about history in the future. I wonder about um, being able to look at anything about history in much more detail than we could have before and understand better what it was like in another time. And maybe in the future, we will have all this data stored about who we are. Well, it's like uh, like a futurist, our futurist yeah, uh, like friend. Yeah, like Nick. Mm -hmm. uh, it's similar, I think, but separate. Yeah. And and I think yeah, the the data collection to be able to to look back at at our time period now, in the the future, hopefully the future will still have that data to be able to look back at, and we'll know so much more compared to looking at, at black and white archival photos or things like that. Well, right? I mean, if you compare YouTube to anything we've had in the past in terms of documenting documenting a particular point in humanity, I mean, it, it's just un unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Hmm. So, uh, uh, so, so, what is next for, you know, right now we have, uh, you know, whether it's Alexa, Google Home, we have, you know, uh, uh, Facebook, and we have Amazon. Like we, we have these massive companies and uh, uh, collecting all of this Big Brother data. Now, I mean, like you know, a lot of it's used for for uh, consumerism, for shopping, for shopping habits, marketing habits. Uh, but what else can it be used for? Medical. Like, medical. Okay. Uh, Just think about that. Think if if you could have some sort of machine learning going on with your own body, learning your own body, you could have like personalized medicine. You could have like a pancreas that learns. This is possible. Um, I don't know about artificial organs, but machine learning is used all across, um, like, science, including medicine, for sure. I mean, th this is already in progress. People at the, at the Cancer Institute are using machine learning all the time to try and find, like, um, all the things you would like to find, genes or treatments or, or whatever. They've been working on technology as well that uh, it's essentially a bandage that you can put on your skin and it will regulate and keep track of all the the data of a lot of your vital signs. Um, <laughs> right, it, it's like you know, like uh, you know, so much of like the the Fitbits. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and that kind of stuff is that. And that's all data tracking, and that's all. Um, it's all being, and I think that's a good way of using it. That you can regulate your heartbeat, you can regulate what else. Is, it does a whole bunch of stuff now. Um, but that's just going to get more and more advanced as technology grows. Yeah, the question is, per, this is not so relevant in BC, but in the U.S. is, do you want your health insurance company to have access to that data? Mm -hmm. Oh, good point. Right. Oh, what is it? And like how, how, much would they, would we, how much would they would be willing to pay for that data? Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, I if they had Fitbit data, data. <laughs> they, they could know your, your heartbeat, your heart rate, all that kind of stuff. And bring that in. Yeah, that's very true. And, and another thing I wanted to talk about, too, is uh, so when we were talking about Facebook before, uh, part of the kind of controversy that they had was the, I'm going to forget the name of the company. Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica, yes. Um, so the whole controversy they had behind Cambridge Analytica, um, taking all this, this data and using it to kind of manipulate the elections um, and the kind of fear mongering that they used. Um, the, the Trump uh, election kind of stuff. But yeah, that that's the kind of another kind of scary aspect of it is these, these big, powerful um, governments in general. Right. Yeah. Was that so much about mining data or getting data, though, or putting information out there? Or was it about using the or was it about using the data and uh, like taking all taking all of the data and then figuring out how to exploit it? Yeah, I think that was more of it. Maybe let me take this in a bit of a different direction. So so going back to Carrie's initial comment that you liked getting the personalized ad recommendations, oh. you're also getting personalized recommendations on your feed about what is relevant for news. And what you see as news is what is very different than what someone else sees. And part of the Cambridge Analytica situation was people was creating these little bubbles where people are just seeing news stories that reinforce their views. And it's not even really news that they're really opinion stories or, or even or even fake opinion stories. Um, but it makes so, me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like mm -hmm. I know everything that I need to know in the world. Isn't is that is so bad? It's true. You, I mean, it, it's great. You, you're constantly getting feedback that your opinions on everything are correct. And no, if, what if they, you yeah, see feedback things loop. that disagree with you, they actually get knocked out by the algorithm because it learns that you don't like 
seeing things that disagree with you or that challenge your, your perceptions of things. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting thing as well. Like, I think part of the problem with, with that example is that everybody who was supporting Trump saw that everybody else was supporting Trump. Everybody who supported Hillary saw everybody was supporting Hillary. So, And both, both sides were completely shocked that there were people who didn't 100% agree with their view. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, even even by us doing this podcast, we're on the list now. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, even uh, I've I've just paying been paying attention lately with the uh, uh, Vancouver elections, uh, mm-hmm. the municipal elections coming up, and I have a friend who um, who is running for the school board, and just since she's my friend and and she's part of this one party, I see a lot of stuff about how everyone's supporting this one party. But I'm like, I don't I don't hear the other side of it. I don't hear anything from from the parties I don't support uh, because I don't support them. So it's becoming increasingly hard to get objective news mm-hmm. in the sense that you'll ne- you you know when when I was a kid, you you turned on the news and they just read this is what happened today. Yeah, it's almost impossible to get news that doesn't have an opinion attached to it nowadays from any source. Yeah, and so it, because they need to get the click. That, that's how they, they make their money now. If you're just giving a boring account of what happened that day, uh, you can't get attention and you go to business. Yeah, and you get news organizations like Fox News that, that create a very one-sided discussion. Um, and uh, it's very difficult to, to stay objective even when you, like you said, the, the I think even Canadian news, we tend to get a bit more of a... Um, kind of non-objective opinion. Yeah, I mean, Canadian news is almost night and day compared to American news, but it's still happening here. And it's, yeah. and it's yeah, it seems to be shifting. The world seems so divided, like, uh, lately. And again, maybe this is getting off topic a little bit, but uh, I wonder, you know, uh, I have a background in journalism and in writing, and even over uh, the past 10 years, five years, it seems that, it, you know, it's about... You know, got to get those clicks and got to get those eyeballs and got to get those views. And and it seems less about like it seems like every seems like there's way more op ed pieces, so many more op ed pieces than like news and uh, and they're news. But, you know, uh, it's almost like opinions become newsworthy because of the people who, who say it. And it's not just that it's a broad spectrum of opinions. A lot of these opinions are designed to get your adrenaline up a bit. So it's mm-hmm. usually something like outrage or something like that. It's the actual opinion being expressed. Yeah, fear mongering. Yeah, for sure. Um, just like this podcast, yeah, Fear exactly. of Science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing that too. Mm-hmm. Except uh, we tell both sides. True. Try to, yes. <laughs> um, that So, uh, uh, you know, uh, going back, I think to uh, uh, every so often for our different subjects, I also like to to see what has Hollywood and and uh, pop culture done in this realm that we we uh, talked about. You know, and aliens, of course, we talked about aliens. And for for this one, you know, as I was as I was getting here to the beautiful Vancouver Public Library in Vancouver, uh, I was thinking about remember the movie a couple years ago with Joaquin Phoenix, her. Oh yeah, remember her? Oh, I love that movie. Uh, her, it was a, uh, it was, uh, it was a person. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, worked at a company where they had artificial intelligence slash, I think machine learning, and uh, they basically had these programs that could learn how to 
communicate with someone for you. So, uh, so a person could hire this company to write letters to their son. If the father is a busy CEO and he doesn't have time to write letters to his son, this company and their AI and the machine learning would do it for them and learn how to do it in the right way. Uh, and then hijinks ensues. Yeah. Yes. And he falls in love with her. Isn't that it? Yes. Yeah. Um, the voice of the the um, the machine is Scarlett Johansson as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was really really interesting where it was this this voice and this personality, this fake personality that was a machine that was essentially learning everything about him. So she was creating herself in the exactly what he, the perfect woman he would want yeah. because that's how Not he was just learning. want what he needed. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, yeah, that was a really interesting I, I would say that wanted is probably easier than needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, yes. <laughs> yeah, too true. Unless it's looking into his bank account yeah. and, and is talking to his psychiatrist and things like that. So, so <laughs> can machines learn how to love? I don't think humans have figured it out yet. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. How do you define love? Yeah. Right. Ah, I, you know what? I bet if we ask Google, Google can help us define it because of all the data it's collected. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Um, the uh, Oh, yeah. So another point I wanted to talk about, totally getting uh, slightly off topic here. Um, but uh, one thing that, that people have been talking about lately, too, is um, sound recognition um, uh, algorithms. So, you know, having your phone in your pocket and having it record essentially your conversations and then giving you recommendations based on that. I've actually had it happen to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I had uh, a friend of mine uh, works for a company um, who was creating, it was those those giant, those air um, couches that you, you fill yeah, up and bring yeah. to the beach and everything. We were literally just having a conversation about it at a barbecue. Um, and the next day I hadn't searched for it. I hadn't done anything about it. Um, and the next day I went on to my, I think it was on Facebook and I had an advertisement for that, uh, company pop up, um, to buy it. Are you sure that's not just observation bias? You happen to notice it because you happen to have been talking about it. Because are, are you sure this person didn't talk to a bunch of other friends about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that one of them looked it up, and then it, it could be true, and it could be the fact that that she's my friend and she's on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, and she was like, because social recommendation is definitely happening. So, so you're getting recommendations based on the things that your friends are looking at and, and liking, and so on. Right, right. And so the recommendations have gotten good enough that it it sometimes appears that the phone is listening. Ah. Uh, I'm not aware if the phone is actually listening, and Facebook has definitely denied it, as far as I as far mm. as I know. Well, yeah. for example, again with my smartphone, which has not left my hand very much, and during this conversation. Uh, you know, during one thing that we also like to do during uh, uh, each fear of science is look what people are talking about on social media. So uh, this, I have not ever searched this, but I, I typed in hashtag machine. You know, maybe if it was the 90s, maybe it would have come up back with uh, micro machines. But I just typed in hashtag machine and it already knew that I wanted to look up machine learning. Oh, are you sure you haven't been Googling machine learning topics in preparation for this very conversation? 
<laughs> yes. Oh, I've been doing so much research. Good point. So uh, let's see. Uh, uh, so yeah, people on Twitter are talking about a uh, uh, AI uh, machine. Ah. Uh, I love how from a Twitter account called Integrated Chaos, is the first sentence is nothing to fear from artificial intelligence. So uh, I feel a Twitter account with the word chaos <laughs> shouldn't <laughs> say anything. Nothing to fear. Your Twitter account's literally uh, uh, fear. Yes, but well, it definitely seems to be a, a growing subject. Apparently, uh, there's been 150 tweets about machine learning in the past in the past little while. So. Yeah. And just in the last hour. Well, and and uh, one thing when I was I was looking into it before uh, the show, um, I was looking on on Twitter, and one thing that really caught my eye was uh, they were talking about how China is now creating. Uh, they now have CCTV that could do facial recognition, um, so it's it's going to track all your civilians. Um, I heard something about um, some kind of point system based on how good of a, a, a person you are, essentially. I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a conspiracy theory and a little far-fetched, but... From what I understand, it's happen it is happening. It is happening. It is happening, yes. It sounds so like something out of Black Mirror. you pick up the garbage on the street and you get points? Uh, essentially, um, everything from if... Uh, and Oh, man, I... Uh, let's see if my memory serves me correct. It's everything from... If you uh, if you buy products from a, a state uh, approved site or state approved uh, uh, shop, then you get points uh, toward uh, like social points, and I think you know potentially even stuff like if you pay your taxes, then you get points. And if you and there's and there's things that can make your your point systems go up and go down. And if it goes but below a certain thing, then you will no longer qualify for certain government uh, like things. So it's like a citizenship rating or something. Yeah. Wow. It's not just Black Mirror anymore. Yes. Yeah. So Black Mirror is just basically fear of <laughs> Black Mirror is fear of machine learning. Yeah, right? a large amount of it is actually. Yeah. Do you show, watch Black Mirror? Uh, uh, yeah, I've seen them all. Mm -hmm, yes. Uh, is how accurate is are the Black Mirror machine learning episodes? Uh, the variance is high. You'd have to give me a specific example. So oh, good point. Some of them are like that's a few years away, and some <laughs> of them are like that's like a few centuries away. Well, even uh, the the episode that we're we're kind of talking about right now, the I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was essentially a woman. Who had a, a social media account? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nothing really machine learning about that except maybe the face recognition part of it. And we, we're, right. we've become very good at face recognition in the last few years, surprisingly good. It's it's still not perfect, but uh, compared to maybe like 15 years ago, it's it's much better. And so the technology is there to set up a system like that. Right. I need face um, recognition just for social situations because I don't remember anyone's face. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, we're 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 not very far away. I mean, we could easily make an app where you just point it at the room and it. And it okay, Google. Who are, are these your, people? Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, that's you know, Shazam has done done that very well with music, right? And then I think mm -hmm. Apple bought Shazam recently, or or Amazon. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, and it's, even just being able to be like, ah, yes, that was Baby by Justin Bieber, right? Yeah, well, it's it's actually something that um, you lose citizenship points for that one. By <laughs> yeah. the way. Hey, hey, he's a Canadian. <laughs> Got to support. Um, he's the modern Brian Adams. When they were uh, when they were doing a lot of experimentation with uh, 
augmented reality and showing a lot of the stuff that was going to come out of that, especially with uh, the Microsoft uh, HoloLens. A lot of the experiments they were showing is that you essentially put on these these glasses um, and you look and it, it could use facial recognition to say, you know, this is Mark Schmidt right here and here is his profile on Facebook and here is this. Yeah, the trick with these products is you always have to remember the human aspect because yeah. um, nobody's going to want to walk around looking like a complete idiot wearing one of these headsets. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just, just for the purpose of recognizing people on the street. And augmented reality is, is so far from being a, a daily technology we have in our lives. That well, uh, in some corporate settings, it's it's starting to be used quite a bit. Really? Yeah. And how do you know that we're not in a artificial reality right now? Oh, it's true. I've yeah. always suspected Daniel of being artificial intelligence. Well, I know he's <laughs> a robot. Not. We figured out last time. too much. Okay, <laughs> go to plan B. Okay, isn't that um, Elon Musk believes that we all live in a in a fake reality? I mean, or Matrix. I mean, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like, it's like I know this isn't steak, <laughs> but it tastes like steak, right? Yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, yes. Mm. Well, I think that uh, pretty much wraps up yes. our episode. So, okay, so this is okay. This is the first time, uh, Jeff, that I that I, I want to try something. So, what what did we learn from today's episode, like about machine learning? We learned that it is a scary, uh, but also useful tool. Mm -hmm. Carrie, what did you learn? Did you learn? I learned that I'm definitely too lazy to worry too much. Mm -hmm. Great, and that's what that's what big data wants. So <laughs> great, you're the perfect user. Mark, what did you learn? You learned something today. I learned that machine learning is going into the public enough that I can actually do a thing like this and not get asked about killer robots. Hey! Ah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> ah, tune in for our previous episode. It was uh, very yeah. fun. Uh, I think what, what I learned is that uh, there are definitely pros and cons to, to machine learning. And I think there's def uh, for all of our Fear of Science episodes, uh, ones that we have already done and ones that will be coming, so stay tuned for more, uh, that there are definitely pros and cons to, to uh, all of the things that, that we cover. And so it's about being responsible and hopefully to people who are in positions of power and control in these different areas, hopefully it's about them being responsible for these things. Yeah, and it is really about uh, making sure that we're paying attention to the regulations that are coming out around this technology and not just allowing ourselves to be complacent to it all. So get out and vote. Pardon me? So get out and vote. Yeah, exactly. Get out and vote. Yeah, the elections. Well, this episode will come out after the elections, the municipal elections have already taken place, but... So, so again, congratulations to the new mayor of Vancouver. <laughs> Insert name. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'd like to thank both of our guests for being on the show. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, great conversation. Um, and I'll just end it and I'll say, as we always say here on The Fear of Science, make sure to clear your browsing history because Big Brother sees it all. Thank you for tuning in. Talk again soon.